Hi, love. My name is Nitika Chopra, and I am your host for the podcast, Thriving Together. I'm so excited about this show because we are going to genuinely be on the journey together. I'll be sharing lots of behind the scenes and as many unfiltered moments from my life as I possibly can as I take you through what it has meant for me to learn how to thrive and the ways that I'm still learning every single day. While you will be on your own journey of thriving, figuring out what that means for you. And I know that so many of you out there might not even know if thriving is possible, but I want you to know through this podcast and this show that it absolutely is, but it has to be on your own terms. Thank you so much for being here with me and let's get started with thriving together. We are back for another episode of Thriving Together, and I'm super pumped about this episode because I got to sit down with a new friend, Leah Avellino. She is such an amazing woman, and she's so open and vulnerable and kind and just so interesting in the way that she views the world and how honest and um, yeah, how, how vulnerable she is. So we actually talk about vulnerability a lot in this episode, and we talk about the art of receiving and how different patterns that we might have are actually blocking us from receiving. And I got to be honest, we, we were pretty just like open and honest about our different experiences in life and how we've sort of had patterns that have not been the best or the greatest. So we get pretty real in this episode, which I always appreciate when the guests go there with me. So it was really beautiful. And Leah is actually a licensed clinical social worker. She's also the co-founder of Spoke Circles, and she actually supports the goals of individuals from diverse gendered, sexual, racial, class grouping, and cultural identities. She provides guidance on specific issues such as how to navigate a difficult conversation, how to maximize the online dating experience, and how to effectively and inclusively educate teens about sex and sexuality. So Leah is just a gem of a human, and as I said, I've just recently been becoming friends with her in real life, which has been really nice. And um, she's actually going to be bringing her Spoke Circles um, work to the in-person Chronicon. So I'm really excited about that. And we talk about that a little bit. But uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And the reason why we're talking about receiving in this episode is because for the month of April, all of our content in Chronicon and our online membership which you can join for less than a dollar a day. And you can also get scholarships too if you need financial support. Um, our, our theme in the community is all about receiving. And Leah actually did a workshop with us, which we get into a little bit, um, last month in March, all about boundaries because we have like the most amazing experts come in and have live events every single week with us. And it's so beautiful. It's so fun. There's tons of time for like live workshopping and getting into the personal kind of sticky situations that you might be experiencing or the tender things that might be coming up for you. It's just such an incredible community. And I know that for the hundreds of members that we have in there so far, it's already transforming their lives in such a profound, beautiful way. And I have to be honest, it is transforming my life to be the founder and get to be a part of it 
with these incredible people every day. So I hope you join us. Um, we're always excited to welcome new members. And yeah, we have people from all over the globe. And as I mentioned, we have scholarships and it's also less than a dollar a day to join. All right, that is enough of my intro for this episode. I am super pumped that you get to spend some more time with us um, as I dive into this conversation with Leah Avellino. All right, I had to like remember to push record because I could have talked to our guest today just like without pushing the record button for like an hour. So <laughs> hi, welcome Leah Avellino. It's so great to be with you. I'm so happy to be with you. I feel like I'm on a cozy, comfy couch with you ready to dive in. <laughs> know I know it's so good and yeah I love that I was just telling you like I love that I happen to have friends who are so brilliant at so many things and you are an incredible expert in the things that you do but I just like love that people get to hang out with us and like you know just like those girlfriend chats that we have um and we've you know become friends recently but we've had like a few good girlfriend chats so far yeah we we get into it I know. Well, yeah, let's start there, actually. So, like, one of the things we talk about a lot in the community and Chronicon is, like, about friendship. And we have a whole month about friendship coming up as one of our themes. But this month in April is all about receiving, and so we'll get into that. Um, but I, I also just want to talk a little bit about, like, friendship and how, you know, navigating friendship has been for you. Because I know when you and I first started to connect, we were both, like, let's be friends and like what how do we do this as an adult a little bit and like are you is it okay if I just dive in is it like you know what I mean like it's like so sweet and like a little awkward and like I don't know so I just wanted to hear a little bit about like what your journey with friendship has been like in you know this time in your life yeah it's been filled with a lot of surprises um I didn't know that friendships would feel so connected to grief as I've aged. I think I grew up with the misconception that people needed to stick around forever. Um, and for me, there's been a lot of learning around how some relationships really do have a beginning, middle, and an end. And it's been hard to look at some of my relationships and be really honest about the fact that some of them no longer meet my needs um, and figuring out how I wanted to respond to that knowing. Do I wait? Do I advocate for myself? Do I end the relationship? There's a practice called power parting where you let other people know what they mean to you and what you're taking from the relationship. But instead of staying in this state of like ambiguity and punting on meeting for those drinks, you say like, I'm ending this, I'm, I'm out. Um, and so I also have done that. And then that brought up questions, well, like, who are my people? And where are my safe places? And who do I call at 10 p.m. when I'm in a fight with my sister? You know, who, where do I go to feel that cozy feeling? So I didn't anticipate that some of the great loves of my life would end and that coming to terms with that and rebuilding relationships would be so challenging. Oh my God. 
First of all, it's so interesting. I'm just like marveling at the fact that I had no idea that I was gonna ask you this question. It just, my body just was like, ask her about friendship. And I was like, okay, body, I'll ask her about friendship. Um, I tried You're to- Very attuned. Yeah, I was like, okay. Um, and yeah, power parting, Leah, what the flip? That is so major. Like I'm thinking of one friend in particular right now who I was friends with forever, and I'm certain she is never going to listen to this podcast. I was really good friends with her. She was like, oh my God, such a light in my life. And she just stopped talking to me out of nowhere. And it was like right when I got COVID and my grandparents passed away, and it was like one of the hardest moments of my life in 2021. And yeah, she just totally stopped talking to me. And I, I've never understood or known why. And, um, and I've like reached out to her. I ended up sending her an email being like, hey, like whatever it is, like I'm a straight shooter. Like you can totally, if you're like, you did this thing. I obviously have no idea that I did anything because I was literally just like going to my grandparents' funerals and like trying to stay well um, and like pretty much keeping my head down. But I was like, maybe, you know, we do things that we're not perfect. So I'm like, if I did something and I didn't know, please just tell me like, you know, yes. never heard from her, never heard from her, still haven't. And I do that thing. I'm just, I can't believe I'm telling you all this, but first of all, I talk on this podcast, like no one is listening. And maybe, maybe that's because very few people are listening at this point, but I like that about you. Oh my God. I love that. You love that about me. But, um, but yeah, I, I sometimes look on Instagram and see if like, she's still following me and like still following Chronicon and she is. But power parting, wow. Yes. That and feels... that's the other thing too, yes. like with social media is we're still connected to some of the people that we feel so disconnected from. And it keeps people who maybe belonged in the past in the present. But yes, part of your pain might be that the relationship itself is no longer in your life and you don't have this person's presence. But then the other pain is the brain runs negative. So when we don't have information, we fill it with the worst case scenarios. So I know for me, if I like send a request and I don't hear back, or I write a text and I don't hear back, I convince myself, what did I do? What happened? Was I too needy? You know, all of the stories that I go to, to try to fill in the gaps. And so I think it's such a gift even if ending a relationship and telling someone I don't want to be in this anymore causes them pain, it also gives them the gift of peace of mind because at least they know where you stand and at least they have a sense of what was true so that they don't have to come up with 400 stories. Totally. And I also think it's like the kind thing to do. Like, what could be so bad? And I know for a fact I've never done anything so bad that like would warrant someone being like, I'm never speaking to this person again, even if I'm annoying or needy or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not to the level of like any malicious intent or anything like that. So yeah, I, I do think that I sort of try to have a policy for myself to be like, even if it's uncomfortable and you would rather just like ghost and just go quiet, like, just do the kind thing, even if it's kind of also brutal, because you have to be like, hey, this is not working for yes. me anymore, you know? Um, I think a lot of people think that if 
you say something that could quote unquote hurt another person that that is unkind mm -hmm. but i really like to differentiate between niceness which is being pleasing versus kindness which is being caring but sometimes doesn't feel good right it can come sometimes feel like a dose of medicine <laughs> or something but ultimately makes you in the relationship better mm -hmm. uh, so i really like you bringing that kindness element in Oh, yeah, and I love that you differentiate between niceness and kindness. I feel like I've recently realized, like even just someone in my family that like I've been trying to be close to for a long time, like this person is nice, like they're polite, they do all the like right things, quote unquote, but they don't like care. Mm. There's not like caring involved in this relationship, you know? Oh my God, it's so different. And even what you mentioned about I don't know if you mentioned this before we got on the show or started now because we were chatting before we started, but the part we were talking about, you know, oh yeah, we were talking about the receiving thing. So this is like the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about. And I feel like we should just dive into it because I think we're going to talk about it for a while and why. Yes. Well, I think it's connected too. Like, yeah. I don't know about you, but some of my relationships mm -hmm. ending and those decisions were because I was giving so much more than I was receiving. Yeah. And I was playing more of a role than being a full fucking person. Yeah. Oh my God, totally. And I know we're having you in the community to do like a boundaries workshop. So that's also something that we dive in with you a lot. And um, by the time this episode airs, we would have already had that workshop. But if you missed it, you can always watch the replays of all of our workshops. So Leah's done, you did another workshop with us last year, which was amazing. And people loved it so much. And then I know this Boundaries Workshop is going to be epic. Um, but yeah, we were sort of talking before the show started about the receiving topic that is the theme for this month in Chronicons community. And I agree. I think that, you know, oh my God, there have been so many times. And to me, it's been a part of my codependency journey mm -hmm. to learn. And I don't know if you like resonate with that sort of characteristic or, you know, trait. Um, some people really don't, and I'm just like, I feel like it's because codependency gets a very specific rap. Like, people yeah. think it's only one thing. Yes. And what I've learned is codependency is really more like, I'm not okay unless you're okay. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yes. <laughs> it's like we, so many of us, I grew up in an Italian immigrant family, um, and I learned that closeness was sameness. So... I had to mirror and be on the same page as other people to maintain connection. And so I moved into adulthood with a lot of those uh, ways of being and noticing that I really overcoupled being liked <laughs> um, with being respected. And now I'm seeing that to think differently, to be different, in healthy, connective, mutual relationships is not a threat. It's actually an enhancer. Yeah. Oh my God. That's just a, such a beautiful way of saying that. And I think for a long time, I didn't really know how to like give or receive love if it wasn't like a very controlled, specific like it has to be in this one way kind of thing. And I didn't even know that that's what was happening. It's just more that like, when I look back, I noticed that I had a lot of barriers to love and intimacy and connection. And I would feel 
you know, like, um, yeah, just like nervous or, or I didn't want to get too vulnerable in a lot of ways because I didn't want to get hurt. So I would end up having this sort of patterning, which again, I, I wasn't aware of until much later. And now I have to say, like, I'm enjoying my relationships so much more because I'm coming from a place of like, what do you like? What do you, what feels good to you? Like, and not ignoring what I like, right? Because they're, I think the more I come from that place of genuine curiosity about the other person, like I do find in the relationships that I have now, they reciprocate in the same way. Like, oh, what do you like? Like, I like it this way, but how do you feel or whatever? And sometimes there's some bumpiness because it's like, I don't like that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or like, this is annoying. I don't want to do it that way. And that's fine. But it's been really nourishing mm. to feel like I can really reach you as my yes. friend. You know, yes. and that you don't have to be on the same page to be close, that your friend can be in their world and you can be in your world and your worlds can connect mm -hmm. regardless of difference. That's so beautiful that you got to that place. Yeah, I think on the topic of vulnerability and being open to difference in that way, one thing that I have really learned is it's so it has been so hard for me to truly open my heart. I can be like dialogically vulnerable. Like I can tell you things <laughs> that are true and disclose. <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> yeah, like I, like I, I can be real without risking anything. And for me to be truly vulnerable requires to take a risk. So it requires saying like, oh, I don't like doing what you say you want to do, but I'd love to do something else with you, right? Like, and actually risking offending that person, risking upsetting that person, not just going on to get along. And then once I've overfunctioned, resenting it <laughs> and pulling back, right? And destructing the relationship instead of just being clear about what I want. But in my defense and in a spirit of compassion, what I've noticed is opening my heart means that I not only open it to receiving love, but I also open it to all the grief that receiving love reminds me of, of all the years that I didn't get it, right? That like when we open up, we open up to the good and we open up to the painful. And I think a lot of times I wished it was one way, right? That I could open up my heart and not get in contact with all of that pain. And so one thing that can be really hard about getting what we want is it opens us up to all the emotions of the deprivation of what it's felt like to not get that for so long. Oh my gosh, I feel like I can see certain members of our community like nodding their head while they listen to this because we've touched on so much of this in, like grief comes up all the time when we're talking about chronic illness. It comes up all the time. And I don't think it comes up a lot in like the mainstream conversations around chronic illness, but it comes up all the time in Chronicon, you know? And I think that it's also because of so much of what you're saying, like we're talking to people about pushing past the confines that society has told them that they have to live in because they have been put in this box, which is their diagnosis. Yes. And we are like, we see you, we hear you, we know your body is going through it right now. And we also know that you are actually worthy of a full life. Yes. 
you know? And that like, oh my God, it makes me teary to even say those words out loud because that is, that does bring up a lot of sadness for me. You know, it brings up all those years of like lying in my bed when I didn't know that you know and like all those people okay like we're now we're just straight up crying Um, there with you but like you know it does it makes me so sad because i know and also like feeling as an empathetic person feeling just all the pain and suffering of of human beings who are in so much genuine pain right like it is real and i think that is one of the things that has always been so hard for me about owning this conversation around thriving is that I never want someone to look at what we're talking about and be like, oh, she doesn't get it. She's never been in real pain. And I'm just like, guys, (laughs) that could not be further from the truth. Right. It's just like fighting through to the other side of it. And I think, you know, the same thing goes for friendship. It's so, it's so vulnerable. To, and actually, you and I spoke about this when we went out yes. to dinner recently, yes. right? Like, as you were sharing that, I was remembering, I'm like the most awkward friend in the beginning, just so everybody is clear. Um, so <laughs> when Leah and I were sitting together, and I'm so awkward that I just like let it out, and I'm like, guys, I'm just going to be awkward for a little while, and then we're going to find our groove, and it's going to be fine. Own it. Leah and I were sitting next to each other at a dinner with a couple of other, other our other friends, and um, yeah, we were talking, and I said this, almost this exact thing to you, where I was like... Yeah, I've noticed I'm like really guarded and I actually didn't know that I was guarded. Yes, I know because we tell ourselves stories, right? That feel much more positive than the truth because those stories help us cope with the pain. Yeah, yeah. And also I genuinely like don't experience myself that way. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, girl, how did you not see this before? <laughs> And it's like so glaringly obvious in so many ways, but I genuinely on the inside am experiencing myself of as a person who's like, I want to get to know Leah, you know, but on the outside, I'm just like, back up. Like, I'm not there yet. I don't know. Can I trust? Am I going to get hurt? What's happening? You know, which has clearly nothing to do with you because I've met you like one time, right? It's like all this projected stuff. So anyway, I'm just thinking about that, that first, yes. and you were so sweet about it. You were like, yeah, I'm kind of the same way and we'll be in this together. Totally. You know? But I like how you put it out there because I think there's a big misconception in our culture now that we are all treated like self-improvement projects, that we have to put ourselves out there in like the best version all the time. And I wonder if we can shift the goal to just being more real about where we are at, right? Um, and I think what I loved about you putting up, you're letting me know that you were guarded, is it actually was you opening a door to connection for me because you let me know what was true for you. And that's a gift. Now I know how uh, to receive you. Now I know where there might be challenges. Now I know not to tell a story. Oh, she hated me when we leave the dinner. But oh, maybe that was just her experience of being protected. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times a lot, we are told to be more disaffected mm-hmm. rather than wear those feelings on our sleeve. Recently, a friend shared with me, I didn't invite you to this gathering because I didn't think you would like it. And a part of me wanted to say, oh, no worries, right? 
And the other part of me was like, what the hell? You didn't invite me? I still want to know. And I actually spoke from that space of being like, oh, that made me feel really sad. It made me feel like I didn't matter to you. Instead of trying to come across as all put together and like, I don't have feelings. Mm. Uh, so I definitely have a seventh grade version of myself inside of me. And I'm trying to let her out a bit more. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And it's true. Like in me saying to you that night, I can be guarded was because I wanted to let you in. And I, I didn't, I don't know how to not be a bit protective and I, I don't know how to be fake. That's why I tried to be an actress in my twenties and I was horrible at it. <laughs> um, I was like, I think I just need to be a host so that I could just be myself. Um, but yeah, I don't know how to be fake. And so I'd much rather be like, I'm awkward or like I can be protective so that you don't think it's you, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's like super. And also the thing is, and maybe you found this too, like the person that you show your seventh grader to, or like the person I show my, you know, I can be this way to, um, it, then it shows you who your real friends are. Cause I don't want people who are like, that's so much. Like, why did you have to tell me that? You know what I mean? Totally, totally. But then that brings up the grief, right? Yeah. So some of us in our friendships or in our professional relationships and our families, once we start to be more us, there are some people that say hell yeah to that. And then there are some people that say, oh, that that no longer works for me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, in my effort to practice receiving, which I have not historically been very learned or skilled in. Um, I had a, a really challenging eating disorder growing up that was all about denying my self-nourishment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when we have um, either a mental health or a physical challenge, because the world doesn't treat us in a way of acceptance and love and care that we end up restricting our own access mm -hmm. to those things. You used the word punishment earlier. And one thing I noticed about myself of why it was hard to receive is because I really believed that if I experienced good things that I then have to either give something back or have to endure some pain in order to deserve it, right? Versus just allowing myself to imbibe, to take in, um, to feel that worthiness, regardless of how other people value me or how useful I am to society. Oh my gosh, that word useful, especially. Yes. Um, and especially as women, you know, like, yeah. I just, oh wow, I'm just taking all of that in. And we were talking before, also before we started about just the, this dynamic around receiving. And I, I wanted to kind of bring that up into this conversation and see, you know, what we can dive into around it. Because you had mentioned that there's this thing that we can sometimes do where we give in order to get, mm -hmm. but it's actually like not coming from our most genuine place. Mm -hmm. and. I just wanted to, to touch on that a little bit more on like some of the blocks that might be there around people receiving. Yes. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. Yeah, one thing that I noticed about myself is sometimes I would give from a site of depletion, hoping that someone would turn around and pour back into me rather than from a place of fullness. Um, and I realized that I was giving away 
the things that I wanted. So if I hadn't heard from a friend, I would reach out and ask them how they were doing rather than express my sadness that I hadn't heard from them, right? Or um, I am a big birthday person. I really like to be celebrated on that day. Um, it had a lot of meaning for me as a kid growing up. And so I'll make other people's birthdays super, super special. Um, and then sometimes feel disappointed when they don't do that for me, rather than owning like, you guys have to do it up for me on this day. Uh, so I think sometimes um, instead of owning our needs, if we didn't grow up or we have an experience in our body um, that made us feel undeserving, that we deny those needs and give them away. Yeah. Oh my God. I spent so much of my life doing this. Yes. So much of my life doing it. And yeah, I really didn't know that, um, that I was doing it. And now I have this practice where I'll be thinking about someone and sometimes it'll be almost like nagging me. Like I'll repeatedly think about someone. And before I reach out to them, I will ask myself, are you reaching out to them because you want to reach out to them or are you reaching out to them because you're mad they haven't reached out to them? <laughs> because it is so real yes. that that comes up, like yes. for sure. It absolutely does. And I find, you know, and on the surface, there's no harm in it, right? If I text you and I'm like, hey, girl, like what's going on? How are you? You know, it's a sweet thing, but there is harm in the manipulation underneath, even mm -hmm. if it's not something that the other person even knows. Yes. So I just think it's like not a good foundation to have a relationship. Yes. Well, there's also, I think one thing that I really like that practice that you just cut through it with that question. But I think another thing that I've noticed is we can sense energetically when something is genuine right? Yeah. And so just as I can tell when someone's being real with me, other people can tell when I'm not being real with them. And what's so interesting is when we ask, how are you? Or when we give away the need, we think we're making a bid for connection. But really what would be the bid for connection is being genuine about what's happening for us, because that creates an opportunity to some, for someone else to be real right back. Yeah. And, you know, that's, uh, that's vulnerable. It's like, it's so much more vulnerable to be like, babe, I miss you. I haven't heard from you. Like, I'm sad. Like, yes. maybe you haven't reached out or whatever, because the other person could like freak out or they could be like, you're so needy or you're so annoying, you know, and that would really hurt if they did that. So you'd rather just like sidestep it and be like, I'll just do this little thing, you know, but yeah. Oh my gosh. It, yes. I think too, Nitika used the word needy and neediness gets mm -hmm. such a bad rap. Like in my adulthood, I've really had to own, I'm a needy person, I'm a needy worker, I'm a needy friend, I'm a needy daughter, I'm a needy sister. And originally those words felt like I was saying like something wrong or off limits. But to have needs is to be human while also having respect for somebody else's boundaries around actually meeting those needs. But I like to say it's my birthright to advocate for what I need and also my responsibility for doing so. Yeah, and I think so many people have just a hard time determining what their needs are. Like we could have a whole conversation Oh, yes. Just on that. Oh, my gosh. People really, really struggle with this. And this has been a huge thing, actually, in a lot of my friendships over the years, because 
I've learned that I am very direct about what I need. Like I say it up front and I say it often. And I actually am not attached to like you fulfilling those needs. Mm -hmm. That's not where I'm coming from. I, I know that they're my needs, right? And so I'm just like, hey, these are my needs. Like you in, you out, like you, you good for some of them, not for some others, like just communicate. And I'm, I'm good, like I'm gonna get my needs met no matter what. But I have learned that that is one of the hardest things for people. And this is actually a point of contention that has come up with like a lot of the friendships that have not worked in my life have been have been with people who do not know how to honor their needs or not actually I shouldn't say do not know how to honor their needs, don't know how to get their needs met and don't even know what their needs are. Right. And I know for me, I feel like my life depends on me making sure I get my needs met, right? Because that's a big value for you. Oh my God, it's huge. And I, I have a feeling a lot of chronically ill folks who are listening might resonate with it too, which is like if I if if one of my needs it, like basically the thing I'm thinking about is like if you and I are meeting and one of my needs is like a food thing or, you know, um, a, an accessibility thing, like I can't walk a certain amount or whatever it is, me overriding that need because I want to impress you or something like that could put me in bed for weeks. Yes. Could put me in a flare for a year. Like I don't know what's actually going to happen if I, you know, don't honor those needs. And that has happened to me before. And I think that, that happened to me early in my life so many times that I became the person who was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what my needs are. And now I've had to also, which is part of what you said, too, with like the respecting, you know, part of things. Right. It's like I've had to also learn how to say these are my needs. They're not your needs. Mm -hmm. So how can we meet in the middle? Like what, you know, what do you need? Like how yes. can we find our way, you know, together? But that first part is so hard for so many people. Yes. Well, so many of us weren't asked the question, what do you need or what do you want, right? Or we have certain identities where our needs and wants were not valued by the world and the systems around us. And so a lot of the ways that we had to subjugate our needs then play out in our present day relationships. So um, I think part of it is getting people used to that vocabulary and also working through all the emotional pieces of what it means to have needs. It's really interesting as a relational therapist, I'll work with couples um, and different relationship units and I'll ask people to express their needs. And so many people have such a different experience of that word, right? And so oftentimes, if we can't figure out what we need, it's because there's an emotional block or a protective part coming up about getting in touch with those needs. Because similarly to opening up our hearts, once we start to get in touch with our needs, we also start to get in touch with the decades that we lived without that tenderness, without that respect, without that feeling of deservingness. Uh, so it's, it's a loaded experience. And once we start to own our needs, I think sometimes people fall away, right? Because it creates, it doesn't create problems, it reveals cracks 
that were there. So for me, once I started to be like, this is what I like. I don't like every song. I like this type of music. This is the type of food I like. That then some people were like, oh, we're not as close, right? Like our needs aren't as aligned. Um, so I think it does come with a sort of giving up at times. So if your friend, for example, wasn't willing to accommodate some of your needs, then you might have to say, well, I can't go to that event then, and we'll have to see each other another time. And so I think sometimes we want it all, right? Like we want to advocate for our needs and we want people to respect them. <laughs> um, and again, that when we start to be more of ourselves, we have that experience of grief and loss. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so actually comforting to have you like continue to bring up the grief and loss as it, you know, relates to our different aspects of like us getting the support that we need, you know what I mean? Like, and getting more vulnerable and all these like positive things. And the fact that you're still acknowledging like the grief and loss that comes with it, I think is just, yeah, I think it's, it's so important because I do think that there is this misconception out there that like, you go advocate for yourself and you go get your needs met and everybody loves you. Everything's great. No, people find you kind of annoying and you have to go find the like two people who can tolerate you and like literally fall in love with you and you have an amazing relationship. Exactly. And those will be like ironclad soul sister, nourishing, honest relationships. But yeah, the world no longer thinks the sunshine out of my ass. And that was hard for a while. I wanted everyone to like me. And I don't like trade-offs in general. I want to stay at the five-star hotel and I want to save for retirement. Why do I have to choose? <laughs> but again, I think what I'm learning as I start to adult up and face reality is that you can't sometimes have it all the way you want. and. Um, choices don't necessarily mean you feel more free, right? Sometimes we feel more encumbered and weighed down and indecisive, but that once we start to move towards what feels right and true and what's nourishing for us, energy flows in that direction. Yeah, and I think something that's been coming up for me too is like I've noticed that I've become more comfortable in saying like, this is who I am, you know? And like really owning that, like recently, actually just this morning, I had a friend stay over last night, was visiting from out of town. And just this morning, her and I were talking and she she's like totally an extrovert. Like she loves to like go out and go to parties and events and all that. And I always say no. <laughs> I'm just like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. And so, so we were talking about it this morning and she's like, why don't you like parties? And I'm just like, because I really value connection and I don't think parties are where people go for mm. connection, you know? And I was just like, there are, parties are great if like, that's what you want is to party. But, and she's not going to like ragers. She's going to like a right. bookmark or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, but I really value connection. Mm -hmm. So I'd much rather go to like a one-on-one -on -one or a gathering even where maybe there's like 30 people there, but they're all sitting down and like having a meal or talking about something or whatever. So yeah, I think that kind of goes with that, you know, but I'm 41 now. Like it has taken me so long to be able to say, like it's happened in you know, steps, right? Yes. You're in your thirties. It's like, I think it started to happen in my thirties for sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's been actually like a really empowering thing now to feel like, okay, I know, I know a lot more about who I am. 
Yes, yes. And to stand on that and own that out in the world, knowing that that might have implications. Yeah. So how do you, like when thinking about receiving, how do you have a conversation with someone like who you want to receive from? you know about like what you want is that is that a weird question Do you no know? that's a beautiful question okay. <laughs> that's kind of, i feel like that's something that comes up a lot like i want to receive and i want to get love in this specific way but i feel like some people who are listening might be like how do i even start to do that you yes know? yeah so the first step is getting in touch with what it is that you actually need, right? Which might be more of a personal process. Sometimes I notice I feel irritated in relationships, but I haven't spent adequate time connecting to myself. I want them to know what I need. I'm so good at anticipating other people's needs. Why don't they just guess what I, I need? Yes. I had to make a sound. Holy stuff. <laughs> up because it's very relatable yes yes and so i think a lot of times when we think of relational work we forget that we first have to do some self-work we first have to check our own stuff what is it about this relation what is it about this present day relationship or is it about a past relationship that i'm triggered by right does this friendship remind me of my mom because this other person is so good at putting her needs first and i'm not so good at that right so really being reflective about what are my needs I have a laundry list of needs. Like I said, I own that I'm very needy, but what are the things that I can't live without in this relationship? So really boiling that down, getting clear in our own internal world. The second thing is to enter with the spirit of reciprocity. So I always check in with another person to see when they have time to discuss my needs. Listen, we've all got our own journeys our own body stories our own professional lives our own pain points so i don't really launch into hey so i need you to hear me out i'll check in and ask for someone to let me know when they have space to hear that and also being okay with speaking from the shaky space in us a lot of times we believe that in order to put it out there it's got to be articulate it's got to be really clear it's got to suck all the emotion out of it and if this is a newer practice for you how it was for me is i fumbled i broke out in hives it felt like my body almost was doing something wrong but it was because it was new and the nervous system rejects things until they feel less new. So just to normalize that this might feel hard, that this is gonna be something that might need some finessing and practice. And then lastly, to ask the other person about their needs, right? And like Nitika, you so beautifully put, a healthy relationship is not both people getting their needs met all the time, that would be impossible it's really negotiating those needs with empathy and respect and care. Um, so if we are not in that old mentality of closeness equals sameness, right? That you can have your needs and they don't threaten my needs. They can stand right next to me and that we can figure out through connection and through genuine direct conversation, how to find that sweet spot between you and me. Mm -hmm. Wow. So happy I asked you that question. <laughs> I like it. It helped me think through a process too. So I appreciated that. Oh my gosh. It was so beautiful. And I think it's going to be so helpful for folks listening. Um, yeah. And the part, I mean, all of it was so beautiful, but the part that keeps sticking out to me is the part about 
like being a bit messy about it, you know? And I, I had this experience recently where I messaged a friend and I was totally messy about what I was feeling. Um, and, and it's, I don't know, maybe this is like getting too deep into like another topic, but there was a part of me that was like, what's the difference, I guess, between like being messy and having it be dumpy? Do you know what I mean? And like being messy and like having it be okay that I don't know how to like say this all perfectly yet. And yes. It feels like a really fine line. Totally, totally. I think a big <laughs> distinction between messy and dumpy is using I versus you language too. Okay. So I'm feeling really nervous talking about this. This is new for me. If I get really rambly or if you feel overwhelmed, please let me know, like really owning the newness of this process rather than sort of expecting the other person to be a receptacle for every aspect of your personal situation. Yeah. Um, but okay. again, I did that. I was, I basically told them, that I, yeah, I was nervous and I didn't know how to show up for them right now. And if they sensed me being distant, it was only because I was trying to figure out my side of the street and, you know, so, okay, all right, all right. I was yeah, wrong. you got it. You got it. Totally. But yeah, it did feel really messy. And that messiness like makes you feel really vulnerable, you know, again, back to that freaking vulnerability. Totally. But you know what I'm learning what? is that the um, messy place, the things that I feel like I shouldn't say out loud are often the things that I need to say out loud, mm -hmm. right? Like if I'm in a room of people talking about privilege and I say the things that I know sound smart or that I read in a book once, that's disconnected versus if I say like, this is what's coming up for me and I'll own the impact of this and I'll be able to sit in that squirminess and that discomfort, that's where relationship transformation takes place. Yeah, and you know what I've learned, and I have like such a big smile on my face hearing you talk about that, but what I've learned is like the that vulnerability aspect and like being able to lead with vulnerability is actually much more rare. And I don't think it is a lot of the time because I'm surrounded by so many beautiful, amazing humans like you that like, do it so much more effortlessly and you know what I mean and so I think like oh everybody's like this or whatever but then I go out into like the real world with like other people and it's just like nobody is like this like yes. <laughs> you go into a room and you lead with your heart like yes. it is a radical act totally right? it is and to be aware that you're going against the grain wow. so I get juiced up and receive nourishment from people like you so that I can go into other spaces and when I feel so freaking alone remind myself that I have that home base where I can go back and talk about what it felt like to feel like an outsider and a loser and what came up for me right in all of those yeah. in all of those moments Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation. And I actually was just thinking about the fact that you're going to be at Chronicon in what? May. And I'm so excited. And like, not just you, but Spoke Circles, your company is going to be a part of what we're doing and have um, a space in the event, in the live event. And you're actually going to be a space for people actually to like kind of go through exactly what we're talking about. Exactly. So it's like, right? If like people feel nervous or they have like social anxiety or they're feeling tender or any of that. Leah is a trained therapist and she is going to be there with her crew. 
um, and basically just be like a support space for them and like, you know, have a space where people feel like they can feel a bit more, right? Because when you go into a space, I mean, we're going to try to make everything as like not overstimulating as possible, but even still like being in a room with hundreds of people is going to be overstimulating, yes. just basically, just basics. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Is there anything that you want to say about spoke circles and like what you do yes. and like what they can expect and stuff? So at Spoke, we provide real talk spaces for the modern and busy adult to get to shed those external layers and really connect to themselves in deep and meaningful ways so that they can connect in other for with others in those in those deep ways. Mm -hmm. And one thing I'm so excited about being at Chronicon is all of these different talks and workshops are going to bring so much new information and so much goodness. And these spoke spaces will be a place where you can come process that, break it down, take those learnings home with you and just be your real raw self. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for being here. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you, since this podcast is called Thriving Together, what is your version of thriving? What does it mean to you? Oh, that's such a cool question. I love it. Let me think about it for a second. Another thing I'm practicing is like pausing and saying, mm -hmm. I don't know, instead of just giving a reaction right away. Love that. Um, Honoring that need to pause. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first thing that came up that felt real is I saw myself like making an ugly smile, like not worrying about how I appear to anybody else, um, spinning on a beach. <laughs> so I think when I think of the, or I can extract what element of that is thriving is just allowing myself to be without being so concerned about how other people receive me and being in my own sense of flow, even if that means not being aligned with other people's flow. Mm, wow, that is freaking cool. I love that. I love that. And especially the like, not being concerned, like like the ugly smile. I mean, yes. you never have an ugly smile, you're so gorgeous. But like, I get what you mean. Just like even us getting on this podcast, like we can see each other right now. And yes. if you could see me right now, my hair looks bananas. And it's just, I just, I can't have my life be about what I look like. It's no. so exhausting. Totally. Just like I showed you my gray hair. It's like, I don't want to contribute to having to compare, you know, my messy insides to your glossy outsides. I want to try to blow up the glossy myth <laughs> and yeah. share some of the mess in spaces like you create that are like accepting of vulnerability. Mm -hmm, for sure. I love that so much, Leah. Thank you so much for being with us. This is like such a nourishing conversation and I know that those listening are going to feel nourished by it too. So thank, thank you, you for inviting me. I have a big toothy smile on my face. So I appreciate you being a part of that joy today. Thanks, sweetheart. Have a beautiful day. Okay. All right, loves, I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Thriving Together podcast. If you did, I would love to have you subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and please be sure to rate and review the show, especially if you liked it, because it really helps make sure that this content gets to more and more people. Thanks so much for listening, and I cannot wait to be with you for the next episode.